1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, March 17th. This is your four by five episode where we talk to, I talk to, we talk to four writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. Today, we're going to hit a wide range of topics. And as I sit here saying this, I don't know what they are. So we're all going to find out together. But plenty of fantasy hoops talk coming up in the next 20 plus minutes. And we'll get to that in just a second.
0: ever spotted mcdonald's hot crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton and time just stands still
1: right now i'm joined by ryan kanaus who is hitting lead off today ryan how are things how are you it feels like it's been a, it's been a minute
3: it has. Well, Steve keeps bringing in the heavy hitters for the for the podcast. So it makes sense that I would be getting bumped.
1: <laughs> we've exa- I think we've exhausted our uh, his entire Rolodex, So I think we're good for a while now.
3: It's like who's who's next? Uh, but no. and I you know, I heard the intro, and I think, Matt, that you are more than allowed to use the royal We. Uh, when when you introduce it, you know you you oh. represent NBC Sports Edge. I see you have the new NBC Sports Edge uh, zip up hoodie, which I love, or fleece at least.
1: Yeah, quarter. I believe quarter zip is the terminology that NBC Sports Edge Ed used <laughs> in describing it.
3: Okay, well, it's it's very fashionable. I like it, and yes, you should use the royal we. Uh, Thank you at your discretion. I'll try. I'm going to limit that one because I think it might
1: get a little tiresome. So maybe just maybe with a little <laughs> smattering of it. There you go. What's up? What's on your mind? What what fantasy related topic would you like to talk about right now?
3: Well, you know, even before the pod, I, I thought of you because I had a trade offer hit my inbox. And it once again included our old friend, Nikola Vucevic. And someone offered me uh, Anthony Davis for Nikola Vucevic straight up in a nine cat league head to head normal fantasy playoffs in in late April, uh, early May. And I declined simply because Anthony Davis will be out for a minimum of two more weeks, possibly three or longer. And then I turned around and made an offer back of Vooch and a fourth round pick in next year's draft for Anthony Davis and a first rounder. And that, and I don't often include draft picks, but this is a long running league uh, I was thinking ahead. I'm in second place in this league just for context. So I'm not afraid of falling out of the playoff picture over the next 2 to 3 weeks while AD is rehabbing. I'm also slightly nervous about Vooch potentially being shut down uh if the Magic don't trade him, which there's been a little bit of smoke there, but but not too much. But the Magic are a very bad team. You know, they're they're tanking. They're already shutting down Anthony or uh, Aaron Gordon while looking for trades, so where do, you, where do you come down on this? Are you how nervous are you about AD? Or do you think Vooch might be shut down? Do you think I made a good trade? I guess. That's okay, so
1: you at. traded Vooch first of all, In a f- fourth v- rounder. Very fun that your league allows future draft pick trading, and I, I think now is that a setting? Is this a Yahoo League? Is that a Yahoo setting?
3: It is a Yahoo. I believe it is a setting where you can choose to allow that or not. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's fun. That's my first response. Secondly, so Vooch and a fourth rounder for Davis and a first rounder next year.
4: Correct. Wow. I and
3: mean,
1: is it, this is not a keeper league? No. Oh, wow. I mean, I think it's a no brainer. You get, you get I thought Davis, <laughs> Davis. Uh, look, I love Vooch, but Davis is obviously, let's face it, potentially more valuable if he's back healthy. Not even potentially. He just is. And Vuce is having an incredible season. He's a top ten fantasy guy, pretty much, and and all of that. But a healthy Davis is better in fantasy just because of the blocks alone. So I agree. yeah. So there's that, and then you throw in, you get a first rounder next year.
3: That's a no doubt. That's a no doubt trade. That's a no doubt. Thank you. All right. So I, I came to my my boy Matt and uh, boosted <laughs> my spirits. So I was a little nervous, but. You're right. And, and I think if Anthony Davis comes back, even if the Lakers are cautious, they're going to want him to, you know, ramp up, find his rhythm before the postseason. So I'm not too, too worried about missed games down the stretch there. And he does it. It's not like he needs to play 36 minutes a game to have top 20 fantasy value. He can get it done in 30. So... Uh, I I quite like it. Now to the other side of it, are you nervous about Vooch at all down the stretch? I know you, I know that you have some stock of him. Uh, in I the league. let let me put it
1: this way: if Vooch gets shut down, I am ruined in the majority of the leagues that I care about uh, because all of my teams that are like you know the the handful of teams that I'm like most all in on and are are doing pretty well, you know near the top of the standings, and I feel like have a, a shot to win the league. Vooch is one of the centerpieces. You know, it's Vooch and Lillard in a couple of leagues. But bottom line is I'm destroyed if he shuts if he shuts down. I just don't see it. He's not super old. Oh, he's 30. But why? You know, I, I think there's some guys who just have too much pride or something to shut it down. I don't know exactly what I'm saying. I think my point is I just don't see it. Maybe I don't want to see it, but I just don't see it happening.
3: I don't blame you. And the, there's no reason for me to suspect i mean he's under fully guaranteed contract for the next two seasons the only reason it would happen is if orlando basically says hey you know we're not going anywhere we don't want to risk injury to our franchise centerpiece but you know and then also they have mo Bamba, who they may want to develop a little bit more but can he even play starters minutes we're not sure and there's the there's the clock
1: there's the clock but we 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 are allowed to finish our thought and i'll just i'll just say this I'm not going to take Mobamba seriously until I have reason to, for starters. Second of all, with Vooch, you know, a lot of what we do around here is informed speculation based on numbers and trends and things we've seen in the past and things like that. But when it comes to shutdowns, it's really just kind of blind speculation. I mean, unless there's actual quotes or anything like that, until it happens, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, it almost feels like, well, this guy might get hurt. You know, I mean, right. he might get shut down. Anyone might get shut down on a bad team. But it seems like one of the less likely ones to happen. I'll just leave it at that.
3: Okay. I, I hope for your sake that you're right.
1: <laughs> I hope for my sake I'm right, too. Because <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm in big trouble. Ryan, I'll see you on Friday. See you then. Well, that was Ryan Knaus. Right now, we are going to bring in nobody. Because, wait, maybe he's coming over here. He's here now. He looks like he might be ready. I'm just going to add him to the stream, and we're going to see what happens. Steve, do you want to just knock this thing out? Uh, yeah, dude. All right. Right now, he's here. Steve Alexander's here wearing a long-sleeve Hawks t-shirt, finally representing some Hawks gear now that they've won five in a row as of Tuesday. Steve, what's going on?
5: Matt, I've heard, have had this shirt a very long time. It is old. <laughs> if I told you I was going to talk about two people today... Two of my favorite people, who would you guess?
1: I would guess Christian Wood and Michael Porter Jr. Wow, you're wrong on both. Both accounts. Really? Yeah. All right, Luka Doncic and Dorian Finney-Smith. Closer, better. I was going to talk about, I was going to ask you what you think about Nemanja
5: Bjelica <laughs> with Marvin Bagley breaking his hand on Monday night. Is the bridge between Bielitsa and the Kings been completely burnt down that there is no hope for him to do something, or is is there a chance?
1: There's a chance. I I did, I will say, when I saw the news that Bagley had broken his hand, I immediately thought of Bielitsa, but did that lead to me running to add him in any leagues? It did not. What was your reaction? I went and picked him up in quite a few. <laughs> well, that that might be the right move. I just I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a
5: king in two weeks. I don't know if they're going to play him. He only played 17 minutes in that game Monday, you know, despite Bagley being out the whole first half. Tyrese Halliburton got all of his minutes. But I don't know, can the Kings survive without a power forward on the floor? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, B-Elites has been so invisible this season. It just doesn't seem like a priority for them this year.
5: I think last year he wasn't invisible because Bagley was hurt and because there was opportunity for him. And, yeah, you know, when, when Bielitsa gets to play, he steals, he threes, he blocks. And, and those are all the keys as to why people like me are are so intrigued by him. But, you know, if he's going to get 17 minutes a game, it's not going to matter. And I can just go back in and, and drop him everywhere. I didn't really cut anyone.
1: Here's the good news. Per 36 minutes this year, Bielitsa's numbers are – actually better in some categories than they were last year per 36 minutes he's around 16 and a half points eight boards four assists 1.5 threes he's not getting defensive stats this year but that alone makes him an interesting pickup that combo of points boards assists and threes so if you have an open roster spot i think i like it and like you said there's really nothing to lose if it doesn't work out you'll know by the next game basically so you give him one game see if he's a big beneficiary and then you cut him if he's not i'm gonna probably give him two i'm gonna try to give him two you're not going
5: to give him next, two. Next topic. You're not going to give him two. Next topic. I just I thought of this. I guess I came here to ask you for fantasy advice, Matt. So that's what we're going to okay. do. Okay, let's do
1: it. Ryan did the same thing. So,
5: is there any reason I should be hanging on to Demarcus Cousins right
1: now? Ah, no. Is there anyone? Is there anyone good on your waiver wire?
5: Oh yeah. I mean, it's
1: just a dead roster spot in those Yahoo leagues where you sort of have to have guys to play. And we waited long enough. I think we gave it a shot. At this point, I think you have. You can give yourself a pass if Cousins ends up signing in a great situation. I don't think you have to kick yourself. And you know Is he gonna sign in a great situation? I really don't think probably that. not. It's gonna but, be But I think you've I think you've waited long enough to where if it happens, you can say, you know what, I gave it some time. That's just annoying. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna give myself a pass on this one. All right. Do you have any more? We have a minute left. Any more questions?
5: I've got no no more questions, but I have two things to say. I hope I want Brad Stevens to go coach the Indiana Hoosiers. Wanted to go home to Indiana. We'll see. And uh, Luca. Uh, so I'm watching Luca last night, and he, I've, I've noticed all year, every time I, I watch them play, which is every night they play, he's getting up these shots and they're calling him foul on the floor every single time. And he throws his hands up and gets all upset. And last night he had one where he jumped, got fouled, threw it up with one hand, went in. They called it on the floor. He lost his mind again. And and I guess what I'm starting to realize is, yes, people know that Luca is sort of a, I mean, he whines and complains after every non-call. And I really think it's hurting him with the referees. I don't think he's getting those calls because of how he acts on the court. So I'm going to write an open letter to Luca in my column tomorrow and tell him, advise him, just go out there and play, dude. Stop crying after every call. And let's see what happens because it's killing him. He's not getting to the line as much as he should, which is helping you win the free throw bet. And he's also losing, you know, three to six points a game scoring because of it.
1: Well, as you heard, the alarm is up. I will say Trey Young gets a lot of those, has a lot of those plays where he wants the foul call. It gets called on the floor. It's it's I feel like it's inconsistent game to game, week to week, how they they referee these things. It's kind of a mess.
5: Yeah, but I feel like Luca never gets them.
1: Well... I feel horrible for him <laughs> and you. I'm looking forward to reading your open column. We didn't even get to talk about Alexi. Your open letter. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about Alexi Pokshevsky, But I think we're going to do that in a minute here. So, Steve.
5: Oh, dude, I, I put enjoyed in. It. I put in for him last night. At Fab. Eight dollar bid, ten dollars got him. I'm crushed.
1: Hoku. Tough. 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 All right, all right. Well, Steve, we'll see. We'll see in a couple days here. Okay, I'm going to go back to bed.
2: so, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba At
2: participating McDonald's.
1: All right, if you're finding yourself overwhelmed trying to manage your fantasy squads, check out our League Sync tool. It pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to tell you the best players on waivers, who to start, who to sit, and a whole lot more. You can get access to League Sync, our DFS tools, and betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code STU10 for 10% off any subscription as we welcome in the author of the rookie report, Raphael Johnson, 12 rookie reports in the books. Raff, and it feels like we have some new, fresh new trends to dissect, and I'll start here with Tyrese Halliburton. He's been a rock this season in fantasy leagues and in real life, but suddenly, at the start of March, he's been struggling around six points and three dimes through the first three games of March. Just a blip to you, or something to potentially be concerned about with Halliburton?
6: It's just a blip for me, because remember, he missed a lot of time due to that injury, so... They're still they still kind of have him on a minutes restriction right now. I I think he's going to be fine. You know, most rookies do have these issues, even if they're healthy all year long. So I think he's going to be fine. I think something else to watch with him is what happens that lineup with Marvin Bagley out with the broken hand could see a situation where they go with three guards and Halliburton heels and De'Aaron Fox on the court together. That wouldn't help Halliburton from a scoring standpoint, but I think it would help him in terms of assists. Um, obviously in that lineup he'd shift Harrison Barnes to the four who's also in the trade block right now so you know, it's a subject of trade rumors I should say so I think Halliburton's going to be fine personally
1: so do you it seems like we already maybe had a little bit of a window to try to trade for Halliburton and then the possibility I don't know the Bagley I guess it sounds like you're saying the Bagley thing might kind of be a lateral thing for him maybe not a huge upgrade either way but still just seems like a good time to target Halliburton in trades because people get frustrated quickly.
6: I I think so. I think he's going to be fine. He's still one of the best rookies in this class by far. So I think he's going to be perfectly fine.
1: I said people get frustrated quickly a second ago, and I did not intend for that to be a segue to Emmanuel quickly, but it's going to be. All right. So he's coming on for the Knicks on the one hand around 16 points and three triples over his last eight games. But less than one steal per game and less than two dimes during that same stretch. And he's shooting just 40% from the field. So, you know, it seems like we're seeing him make some real-life strides, but do you see a path for him in fantasy to something beyond just points and threes?
6: I think in time, he can give you a bit more in terms of assists. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen this season because, you know, there's going to be a point where you get Derek Rose back in the lineup, Alfred Payton as well. But I think in time... Yeah, you know, I think he might be a better target for Dynasty League managers um, in that he's eventually going to be their starting point guard full time. It might not be this season, but I think we've seen the signs that he's going to be that guy for them. And with that will, become, will come a better feel in terms of you know distributing the basketball, playing off of Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Because you remember at Kentucky, while he was a point guard, he played off the ball a lot. So he's still got that growing curve, that learning curve to go through here. I don't know if he's going to give you assists right now. He's never really been that type of defender that'll give you one steal plus per night. So I don't, I'm don't. i not expecting anything there. But I think in time, the, the assists will come. It just might not be this season.
1: Okay, one other name to talk about. and He's a guy who's definitely been uh, flying off some waiver wires. Alexei pokshevsky is back from the G League. Was not shooting it well in the G League, by the way, but suddenly playing well for Oklahoma City. And the Thunder are one of these teams where I feel like things are going to get real weird in the second half. And we're we're starting to see Moses Brown have fantasy relevance. There's going to be some strange, uh, some obscure names putting up big numbers for OKC, I think. And Pokashevsky is not an obscure name. He was a first-round draft pick, but not a guy we necessarily expected to be doing this yet. He's 19 years old. His last three games prior to Tuesday, he's around 14 points, eight boards with a block and a couple threes. Not shooting it well during that stretch. But what's your impression of him and, and how much of a hurry should people be in to run and get him off waivers?
6: I'm all in on Pokushevsky. They're going to play him plenty. Like you said, he's not shooting the ball well percentage-wise. But like, who are they going to pull him off the court for? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Justin Jackson? No. You know, I think obviously when they get Teo Maladon back, um, he's going to play plenty as well. Outside of Shea Gilgis Alexander, that's just a rotation that really isn't locked into place. So those young guys, Pokusevsky, Moses Brown, Maladon, I think fantasy managers should be all in on those guys. They might they're gonna have some up and down days. You know, one day they might give you 15 to 20 points the next next to nothing. But that team is bad and they've got so many lottery picks in the next few years that they're gonna try to up those percentages of getting a top over pick overall pick as much as they can. So, those young guys are going to play plenty.
1: And I mean, we're looking for, with, we talked about it quickly, we're looking for something other than points and threes. What, what's another bucket that someone can fill up? And with Pokoszewski, you've got the potential for
6: boards, blocks, and steals. Yeah, know, maybe a little bit of assist, but obviously, Gilgis Alexander is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So, I think rebounds is going to be what you're going to be looking for there. Maybe you get a steal and a block, but the rebound is going to be the big thing with him.
1: Yeah, boards, maybe some defensive stats, as you said. So go add Pokashevsky if he's somehow still out there in your league. The alarm is going off. And then I will remind you to check out the Rookie Report on NBC Sports Edge, which Raf writes every Thursday, Volume 13, coming up this Thursday. Raf, thank you for taking the time, man.
6: Yeah, yeah, we got some college um, NCAA tournament stuff, too. Look at some draft prospects. So those are rolling out in the next couple of days.
1: So you're busy, and we'll look for it on the site. Thanks for taking the time, man. All right. Thank you here to bring it home today. Jared Johnson, Jared. How are you? How are you, Matt? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much.
4: Uh, So March 1st, we saw Lloyd Pierce um, departed ways from Atlanta. Up until that point, the Hawks had ranked 26th in defensive rating with Lloyd Pierce at the helm. Uh, Since he was let go, a tough blow to the Atlanta community. The Hawks have gone 5-0 and under Nate McMillan. Uh, their defensive rating has been number three in the league. How do you feel as an Atlanta Hawks fan about the coaching change? And what do you see that he's doing differently that you like?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a fan, just from a basketball standpoint... I was kind of ready to see something different because the Hawks had all those fourth quarter collapses and it was so frustrating to watch. And there were some really head scratching rotation decisions under the Lloyd Pierce regime, just for one thing, um, long stretches with like four scrubs out there, you know, end of the third early in the fourth quarter kind of thing where it's like, uh, can we, the the game is getting away right here. This is happening. (laughs) Like the game is being lost right now. It's kind of like in baseball, like that you bring in your best reliever sometimes in the sixth inning. Like, you got to know when the game's on the line, you know? So from that sense, it's not too hard to see why things have improved, I think, under Nate McMillan. I will say from a fantasy standpoint, it's interesting, though, because the, the big game without Clint Capella on Sunday, notwithstanding, this has been bad for John Collins.
4: Um, oh, I was going to – that's a beautiful transition. <laughs> Keep going. All right, well, go ahead. I don't want to take well, all yeah, your time. I mean, I was, Give me your I thought. was just going to – well, since he's taken over, uh, John Collins has basically only been in the mid-20s. Basically, since McMillan took over, now on Sunday he finally crossed the thirty-point or uh, thirty-minute plateau. Uh, that was because Clint Capella was not out there, nor was Onyeka Okongwu. I hope I pronounced that one right. That's pretty good. Um, at, that was he's done it. He's cleared thirty minutes twice. Both those games, Capella has not been out there, so that's concerning. Uh, I know that you really like John Collins. I really like him too as a player. But the problem is I'm not sure Atlanta is super invested. They didn't give him that extension. His name's popping up in trade rumors. And new coaches giving what I view as a max player uh, minutes in the mid-20s. It's weird. It's
1: a very weird situation all around. Now, there was one game where... Nate McMillan benched John Collins in the entire fourth quarter and said he did it for matchup purposes. There was another game where John Collins had some foul trouble. So, I mean, look, I don't think we're looking at anything disastrous, but... It's a, by the way, there's not one game where John Collins had foul trouble. There has been three games where John Collins has had some foul trouble recently. Five, five, and four fouls before the game where he had 22 points and 13 boards. So some foul trouble. The one game against Miami, I think, where he got benched in the fourth quarter. Kind of a strange outlier kind of thing. I think he's going to be fine in the long term. But again, I think we had already kind of accepted we weren't going to see early round John Collins And we just kind of have to accept that this is like a kind of top 40, top 50 kind of season for him. And I didn't even address
4: his future with the team, but that's just the immediate reality for me. And we have DeAndre Hunter possibly coming back on Thursday. Another wrench into the mix.
1: I saw that. I saw that news. Yeah. So I think Collins is going to be fine. I think from everything I've read and just following the team, it would be surprising if they traded him at this trade deadline because they are trying to make the playoffs and they're making a push. It would be real weird, I think, if it happened during the season. I think there, it's not going to happen unless they get something really major in return. But it's a strange situation. They offered him, I believe, four years, $90 million. He turned it down. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, I am terrified they're going to lose him because I really like him as a player. And, uh, yeah, it's unsettling, to say the least. Yeah. But fantasy-wise, fantasy, fantasy wise, I mean, I think he's just we just kind of have a top 40, top 50 player and not the guy we had last year. And that's mostly because of the Clint
4: Capella effect more than the Nate McMillan effect. Yeah, and just like tons of depth and and, and tons of options. Where are we on time? We're short, but start another thought and we can finish it. Uh, So the last thing here is Danilo Gallinari has really picked up his play. That has coincided with DeAndre Hunter not being there. Cam Reddish isn't going to be there for a while, so I guess that gives him a little bit more opportunity. I've been on the fence about him. I am nervous uh, if he can keep it. He had a nice game last time because he got the start without Capella. There's so many mouths to feed in Atlanta. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is coming back. Or he, he got into a nice rhythm on Sunday. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is coming back. Do you believe that G- Galinari can be a successful fantasy option when this team is healthy?
1: You hear uh, the alarm, but we'll just finish this. No, we'll, we'll put a button on this. I am finally encouraged by Galinari. He... He, he had that ankle sprain, and it just seemed out of shape and not in rhythm when he came back. He's finally turned... A, you know, I know that a lot of Hawks fans, at least the ones I talked to, were pretty despondent that the Hawks had given this guy $20 million. Uh, <laughs> he had looked horrible other than that game where he hit 10 three-pointers. But finally, he seems to have turned a corner. I think he's going to be fine. You know, Hunter coming back does crowd things even more, mm-hmm. but they're paying they're paying Gallinari $20 million. He's going to play 25-plus minutes a game, and I think... At worst, you have you know a guy who's going to get you you know sixteen points and a couple of threes and and some other stats here and there. I think is how I, is how I would spin it. If that makes sense, makes sense to me. Okay, we did it, <laughs> Jared. We thanks it. for uh, thanks for coming by. I, always nice when uh, when someone asks me about the Hawks because I feel like I'm always the one who's bringing up the Hawks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there you go. I put the script on you today.
1: All right, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well we're going to be back here on friday to hit some more fantasy trends thanks once again to ryan steve raff and jared for stopping by thanks to all of you for listening we will talk to you soon